would say welcome back to the show, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people might find the podcast as a result of this episode's title and the SEO and all of that that comes along with it. So welcome to the podcast. I interview people who are living with herpes about their experience. And in addition to that, I also interview sexual wellness organizations, sex educators, relationship experts, and anyone who can offer some useful advice and guidance for anyone who is in the realm of sex positivity or navigating a positive STI diagnosis. This podcast is an extension and fundraising tool function of Something Positive for Positive People, the nonprofit. For more information, you can visit spfpp.org. And that's just the acronym of Something Positive for Positive People. You can make a donation. You can pledge to become a Patreon subscriber for as little as $2.50 a month in order to support this podcast financially. If you find any of the information useful, I encourage you to consider showing your support monetarily. This podcast episode contains a trigger warning. We do discuss sexual assault as well as sending your money to someone who proposes a cure for herpes. Now, at the time of this recording, there is no public known cure for the herpes simplex virus. And if there is, then there's no need for people to be looking for this podcast unless it's for history lessons about the virus or uh, if they just come to this episode because they want to know how people dealt with the scammers that are out there. So uh, we talk about some of the red flags of the people who are proposing a cure for herpes. And oftentimes there are these long posts from an account that has like three followers, one post and a Gmail address linked in their bio. And they say something like they've been cured of HIV, all disease, herpes. And all you have to do is send an email to some Gmail account in order to get your medication. So I interviewed someone who's done that. She went through that process and we talk about what happened on her end and the lesson that came along with it and how it really, the process, the the situation really contributed to her own healing process. So I encourage you to listen to this episode. If you're someone who's considering a cure, um, please understand you're in a very, very, very vulnerable place right now. And it's very easy for people to take advantage of the vulnerability that you have right now. And an SCI diagnosis is something that really puts us in position to seek any sort of relief from wherever we can get it, even if that means out of the country and we're willing to take a risk that we wouldn't normally take by wiring money somewhere in hopes that we're going to be cured from what we currently believe to be an incurable disease. So I challenge you to listen through here and learn about the red flags and empower yourself with information. This episode is also supported by Waxo, W-A-X-O-H, it is an online magazine that is LGBTQAI plus inclusive, and they allow me to talk about STIs and sexual health. Um, I don't get a lot of places where I'm allowed to uplift and extend this information. So all of the support and the growth of this podcast really comes from the effort of the listeners. So when you like, rate, review these podcast episodes on whatever podcast player you're listening on, when you share this with the people around you and in safe spaces and communities that you're part of, that's how this podcast is able to grow. That's how we get more guests. That's how we get more listeners. That's how we're able to continue to produce 
this podcast at a regular frequency of once a week. So as long as people continue to do that, that's how long we'll be able to release these episodes. So um, again, if you haven't already checked out the website, go to www.spfpp.org and you can check out the testimonials tab to see how useful this podcast has been for people. And I hope you find it useful as well. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. This is a podcast where I interview someone who's living with herpes about her experience. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Um, this is another one of those episodes where we didn't really get to talk much about your story. So as you're telling me stuff, that's how soon I'll be finding out about whatever it is. So a couple of things to keep in mind as we go through this interview. If you stumble over any of the words that you say or you misspeak about something, just take a deep breath. Repeat what you wanted to say. And I can cut it out right before that point. All right, Lindsay? All right. Sounds good. All right. Okay, so my name is Lindsay. I'm from Canada, 25 years old, and yeah, I unfortunately have herpes. <laughs> unfortunately, it's unfortunate I mean, unfortunately, at first. Unfortunately, a little bit of both. <laughs> you and I met, I believe we connected over Instagram. Was it Instagram? Yeah. I mentioned this to people as it happens, but like the timing of when people reach out to me always seems to be in line with when I need podcast guests or when I'm feeling a little nice. discouraged or it's across the board and you reached out ready to talk about your experience on the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> can you tell me what compelled you to reach out? Yeah. So I was um, just like sitting on the train going to work like about a week ago and the herpes was on my mind. So I was just like sitting there on Reddit going through some forums about people with herpes and someone in one of the forums said oh like whoever reads this you need to go on this podcast something positive for positive people so I was like okay like jump on that right away so I had to go to work but I remember like it kept in my head came home from work and then I just like started going into some of the podcasts actually the first one I listened to was actually yours um, it was like the first one that came up. It was like episode of whatever, zero, zero or something. But yeah, so I listened to yours and like totally resonated with, um, a lot of what you were saying. And then, um, a couple days later, I just kind of kept coming back to a few more of them. Like I wouldn't really read too much of the description. I would just like find one and just start listening to it and be like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was like, yeah, Tuesday, a couple days ago, I just was like, I'm going to message him and I'm going to see if I can get on there. I don't know why I didn't have any logic come through in mind. It was just like, I want to get on there. And yeah, I didn't really think things through. It was just very impulsive. So I think I messaged you and I was like, very uh, direct, like, can I be on? <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm really glad that you did. Yeah. I'm getting out of the habit of overthinking and analyzing things and more so not following my impulses, but letting them guide me to a safe space to where if I'm feeling some sort of an impulse, I look at it as like intuition or just a gut response Absolutely. to something. And I'm able to consciously look at that like, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? And if it's somewhere yeah. I don't need to fucking be, then it, we're like, whoa, pump the brakes. But oftentimes it's led me into really good, productive, positive situations. And um, yeah. so like, I, I'm always just curious about the other side, the behind the scenes stuff of it, because you were like, yeah, totally. I, I found this and I needed it. So thank you for sharing that yeah. with me. I 
totally believe like everything happens for a reason. And I think at that time I kind of needed to stumble uh, across that forum and just so happened to read that person's go to this podcast. Like I a hundred percent believe like everything happens at the right time as well. So yeah. Oh, and I'm so happy because I don't, get to post a lot of places without it being removed because it's seen as me self-promoting myself and no matter how yeah and there's really no way around it because i'm talking about my podcast to the general public so i have to sneakily try and word things in some places in a way where I'm just saying, hey, there's this podcast, this is what they talked about, and I try to make it as much about the guests as possible, but uh, what normally helps is when other people share the podcast, so when other people are to say, hey, there's this podcast, just like the way you found it, that's how I envision a lot of people who have found it, finding it, and moving into the future this is going to be the way that they find it. The efforts that I put into getting people to be able to find this podcast are more behind the scenes of like connecting with and networking with sexual wellness organizations, sex educators, and public health professionals in order to get them to be open to just as they deliver diagnosis or even if they test people, like, hey, here's this resource, you should check it out so that people are aware that there's something there for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100% agree. Like it's the trickle down and, you know, you know can spread just by word of mouth so it's great yeah exactly how herpes spread if you have it orally (laughs) by mouth skin to skin contact (laughs) Uh, (laughs) while we're on that topic let's talk about your experience so you can just walk me through what happened from when you discovered you had herpes up until now yeah okay so it's kind of like a long story so sorry to whoever's listening (laughs) i won't try to go too long here there's no Um, such thing as a long story they're all useful yeah so i found out in 2018 and 2018 was kind of like this big uh opportunity year for me i guess i was living in canada and i got the opportunity to go do hair in nicaragua and central america so I like left at that opportunity and quit my job and living in Canada. Said goodbye to everyone I was working with, like loved everyone I worked with, loved my family, loved my friends where I live, but I'm very much like, um, I want to do everything type of personality. Like I want to live like the craziest, coolest ass life. So when things kind of pop up in my horizon, oh, hey, Lindsay, you want to go do this? I'm like, let's fucking do it. Like, <laughs> let's do it. So, uh, yeah, so I... Um, quit my job in Canada, um, kind of once again impulsively moved to Nicaragua, started working down there. I was there for about a month and a half, and then the country started going into like civil unrest. There was a bunch of issues, and I was working in a little hair salon in this little town, little surf town, and um, it started getting really unsafe, like protesting, and, and I kept hearing like throughout the country, like through Facebook or just like on Google or whatever, just word of mouth, that things are getting like worse. Um, and I wasn't really making like a ton of money. Like I didn't really go down there to like, you know, make a bunch of money and I don't know, I guess live more materialistically. It was actually quite the opposite to live more like minimalist. So I kind of just decided like, this is not really working out for me. Um, I'm not making any money. I have like an apartment. It doesn't cost me a lot of money, but, um, like this is not, this is not safe more and more. So I just ended up going with um two friends that I met a German and Australian and I was doing her hair like I was her hairstylist and she was like okay well we're gonna go to Costa Rica 
if you want to come, like, I know you've totally, because they heard my whole story, like, I moved there, and it was, like, supposed to be, like, a whole new chapter of my life, and, you know, we started connecting, I kind of became friends with them, and they were traveling from Mexico all the way down to South America, and they were like, just come with us, and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, like, I'm nothing else going on, so why not, so quit that job, told my boss what was going on, she fully, 100% understood, she's like, yeah, I mean, if I were you, I would leave now, like, you kind of just got here, um, just keep moving south, and if anything changes, keep in contact, so I was like, all right, cool, so I ended up traveling with the Australian, because the German guy, he went back to Germany, so it was just me and my friend from Australia, and we ended up, like, driving all through Costa Rica, made about like a three week long trip, just honestly fully partied. Like it was a lot of alcohol, just a lot of craziness. She was about, I don't know, seven years older than me, but just like, we were like, we totally hit it off. Like we known each other forever. Like I just wanted to party and get crazy, especially cause I hadn't really done that cause I'd been working. Three weeks into being in Costa Rica, we ended up in this little town and everything was going pretty good. Like we would just, you know, drink and meet people in the hostel, travel, go swim, do it all, whatever, traveling. And then um, she actually met a guy in Europe. So it was like halfway through when we were in Costa Rica, she impulsively bought a ticket and was like, I'm going to go to Europe to see this guy because she met him in Mexico and just really liked him. And I guess followed her intuition and she um, left like the next day. So it was like the last day being in Costa Rica and it was just me and her and other people in this hostel and it was kind of a party hostel like you could get like tattoos for really cheap and everyone just was sitting around drinking beer and smoking cigarettes or whatever it was like our last night so I wasn't planning on going out that night like I think it was a Friday and then I was just kind of chilling in my room like in my little uh, bed and just on my phone whatever and she comes in and she's been like having a few drinks and she's like just come out like I think I'm gonna get a tattoo and she's never got a tattoo before. And it was just like this really crazy whatever. So I went out and I started having a couple drinks. And then she ended up, like, she was way more ahead of me. She probably had, like, eight drinks by the time I was on my, like, my second beer or whatever. She ended up, like, getting pretty drunk. But she was leaving that morning at, like, 4 a.m. to catch a flight to go to Europe. And um, so I started drinking with her. It was, like, our last night together. I hadn't really met anyone else. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll party with you. Like, whatever. So then I started drinking quite a bit fast forward a couple hours and we're making friends with like everyone in the hostel and they're all going out to go to like some club and I was like all right like I'm down so I started getting ready or whatever and drinking more and um, the girl like the Australian she was gonna come but then she ended up just like getting too drunk and she needed to catch a flight so she didn't end up going so then I remember thinking at that point my friend's not going I'm going with all these people who I don't know yes there's girls you know there's some guys one of them is like the hostel owner. She was a girl from, I think, Sweden. She like owned the hostel or whatever. And um, I was like, hmm, I remember thinking like, should I go out with them? Cause my friend's not going or should I stay? Meaning me back then I was like, fuck it. I want to go, whatever. I've been working my ass off for the last like month in Nicaragua. I want to party, right? So I went out with all these kind of people I didn't really know. And then um, ended up, you know, drinking more and more and more. Fast forward kind of a couple hours and I ended up like drunk. I remember being in the club because the people I was with, they were all kind of standing outside and just hanging out and no one was going in to dance and like <laughs> I wanted to dance. So I went into this club and I met some of the local girls. 
super nice. They were kind of around my age, and I was like, hi, just all weird. I was kind of drunk. I was like, I want to dance, but my friends out there don't want to dance. Do you guys want to dance with me? And there were just two, like, local girls, super nice. They were like, yeah, of course, hon, come on. So started kind of hanging out with them. I think the last thing I kind of remember was, like, taking shots with them. And then I don't remember anything until the next morning where it gets a little bit graphic. I don't remember what happened from this point on, but this is, like, super TMI. But I guess I'm just going to go 0 to 100 and tell you guys what happened. So I woke up in a house in the forest with no doors or windows. It was, like, concrete, fully in the forest. And I was naked on a mattress on a floor in a pile of my own shit. It was fucked the fuck up. And I woke up alone. There was no one there. And I was like, what the fuck? what the fuck and I was like still drunk like I was still a little bit drunk because like I drank a lot the night before and I'm like holy fuck so I woke up and my clothes are nowhere to be in sight there's no one that I can see in this house at that time I'm covered in shit super nasty to even say aloud super sorry to even say that out loud but like this is just what happened and then I knew that there was someone in the kitchen because could hear a little bit of like rumbling keep in mind this is like a house that i know i have never seen it was literally concrete like it was just fucked up there was no windows on the windows there was no door on the door like front door i just knew it was just like a couple rooms and yeah so i started freaking out and i'm covered in you know the nasty stuff so i started freaking out and i'm like what am i gonna do here like i don't know who's out there like i could be in like serious danger like i don't know what the fuck to do here so i started panicking and first thought that came to my head was like jump out the window you know I was still a little drunk I was really scared so I was like just jump out the window but then I'm like wait Lindsay you're fucking naked don't do that that's like not a good idea so then I'm like okay where's the bathroom so I looked I see a bathroom and it's not even really what bathroom would look like it's a hose so I and like no toilet no mirror no nothing I turn on the hose and I started like hosing myself down and then this person starts coming into the room and it's like a man and he's probably like I don't know in his 30s and he's a local and he's like kind of starts getting mad at me and I'm like start like stalling I start stalling and start thinking what am I going to do here like I, I do I be nice do I start freaking out do I run away do I get mad do I play along with this what the fuck do I do here so I just decided to play along with it, like just play along with it because I didn't know like what type of situation I would be getting myself into. So I just started washing myself off and he told me like, no, 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 there's like no running water. Like, don't use that. Don't use that. And I was like, okay, well, like, like, where's my clothes? Where's my clothes? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, I kind of want my clothes. Can you try to find them? And he's like, I don't know where they are. I'm just trying to get the fuck out of this situation. So I start going out and I walk out his front door or whatever. There's there's no door. So, you know, walk out the fucking hallway thing into the porch. And I see my clothes way down along the driveway and all my clothes are there. And then my purse is near on the porch. So grab my purse, quickly go through it, make sure my passport's in there. So it's still in there. So I'm like, all right, got my passport. That's good. That's good. So I'm like, okay, this is going good. So I quickly run outside, grab my clothes, come back inside. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do here. So I told him, I was like, I don't know where I am. Can you please take me back to my hostel? But I made him take me to a different hostel because he has a car. So I got in his car and I was like, take me to this hostel. So we drove down like the main, like it's a really small town. I don't even really know how to describe it. It's yes, it's touristy, but it's like one main road. You got a couple different hostels. 
So I made him take me to a different one. Once I had all my clothes on and stuff, we got in the car, took me there. Then I went and I pretended to go into that hostel, made sure he drove away. Then I made sure to go back to my real hostel. Then I was like, kind of like, what the fuck just fucking happened? Like, holy shit. Like, just kind of trying to digest everything that kind of just went on. Obviously, I'm still super hungover. And, I'm, you know, my good friend that I had become friends with in the last six weeks had just left. So now I don't know anyone. So I get on my phone and I call my best friend in Canada and I tell her like everything that happened. And I told her, I gave her all, you know, all the nitty gritty details. And she was like, yeah, I think it's time you should come home. And I was like, yeah, I think so too. Let's get me the fuck home. She got my flight all ready to go. And so I could just pack up and kind of get the fuck out of there. So I got on a on the bus to then drive to the Costa Rican airport, like I think the next day. Yeah, I think I was on the next day. And then, you know, then I had to trek back home to Canada. So by this time, I still don't know I have herpes, but I just know that some shit went the fuck down in Costa Rica and I woke up in a hut and I'm naked and I'm covered and it was just like so fucked up. So then I- uh, Can I ask you something real quick? And, yeah. Was it your shit? I've been waiting on that. I don't know. For the longest. Know. Right. I really don't know, and that's the thing is like I don't like I don't know how many people were in there. I don't know what the fuck went went down. I don't know if I got drugged because it was like boom, wasted, blackout. Wake up the next day covered, just yeah. So just a lot of nasty shit that went down. Okay, so wait, wait. So it Canada. was it was a lot of shit. Like we're talking about. No, 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 not like not like an obscene. Like there was some, but not like a ton. Like did you shit yourself like, my, and take your clothes off? Like, like fully raped possibly in like you know like i don't know man it's fucked up i just like don't even like saying it out loud Ugh. um yeah okay. so then i yeah do you have any other questions uh no 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 you you keep going you keep going because at this point i was yeah. like oh good no one had sex with her she just got shit on and then it's like oh okay all right nope not the case go i don't know i was naked and my clothes were on the driveway out out past the house so that's another thing right so who fucking knows yeah so then i uh i got back to canada and then it was like my second day being in canada like seeing my family and friends and everything and then i woke up like the second day i was back and i was like holy shit something's not right like whoa something's not right like i was like itchy painful and like yeah, and I was like, oh my god, I have something. Like, there's no doubt about that I don't. I for sure have an STD. I don't know anything about STDs. So then I took, like, a mirror, and I looked at it, and I'm, I'm like, oh my god, like, that is just, yeah, no, that's not right. So then I called one of my friends, because I came back, so I didn't have a car, I didn't have a job. You know, I was in my mom's house and all my friends and family, they're at work because they didn't just go off and move to Nicaragua and they didn't sell all their things. So I didn't even have a car to go to, to take myself to the doctor. So I called one of my best friends and I'm like telling her everything. And I'm like, I need, like, I need you right now. Like, are you off work? And she's like, yeah, I got the day off. Like, what's up? And I'm like, I really, really need you. So she took me to the doctor and I didn't want her to come with me because I just like, I just kind of wanted to do it solo. I knew it wasn't going to be good. I knew what I was in for after what just happened. I was like, I just want to do this by myself. So she just like dropped me off, went and did her own thing. And I went into the doctor and, you know, I like had the doctor look at it and she was like, oh, sweetie, like that is, that's herpes. And I remember I just started bawling, like just 
tsunami bawling, like just crying, 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 crying. And then called my same friend. She picked me up and, you know, just talked me down. And we kind of hung out for like the entire night and day. And, and that's when I found out. And then that's, yeah. There's more to this, yeah. But. Well, first off, I feel like an asshole because I'm like, the whole time thinking, was this her shit or somebody else's shit? And it turns out you had actually been raped. But that's some really fucked up thing is like, I came home and I didn't know if that was rape. So I told two or three of my friends, like my closest friends, and I almost said it in a way that wasn't like as severe because I thought, well, I was drunk. I was the one that went out of my way. I was the one that accidentally drank all that much from the very get-go. I did this to myself as very self-blaming. And then once I actually told my mom about three months later, like the full uncut nasty version y'all just heard. And she was like, like, Lindsay, that's fucking rape. That's not what the fuck that's fucked up. She was like so mad, so upset, crying. She was like, that's not just some little story like you. I think you got raped in Costa Rica. Call whoever what they want to call it to find it. But what the fuck? Like, she just couldn't even, like, digest what I told her and how scary it was for me, like, waking up basically in a forest. And I didn't know where I was. Well, I mean, at this point, so, I'm just glad you woke up, you know? Uh, yeah, I know. I ah. totally agree. So then came back to Canada, and then I had to digest that, and then... Um, it kind of sent me on this, like, uh, total path of, like, radical lifestyle change. So, like, you know, I used to drink socially, no more. I used to eat like shit, no more. I didn't exercise. I didn't take any care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, no more. I went the full other opposite end. And I, like, started eating so clean. I, like, didn't drink um this was like the end of 2018 to like now all through 2019 i just started really taking myself seriously and and then it was like another really shitty thing that happened this is totally like my fault like i i have known to be a little bit naive in the past but i came across this thing online and like i'm sure whoever's listening to this will laugh because it's like super stupid but i was like so gung-ho on like i'm gonna cure myself of herpes like i am gonna cure it with eating like raw foods and no alcohol and herbs and full crazy lifestyle change and then i went and i was convinced that if i literally sent like two thousand dollars to this person in nigeria that they would send me the appropriate herbs to cure myself herpes so i came home and i like worked my ass off after like my travels and i like sent all my money to nigeria and then i was totally like lied to as i should have known and everyone else like that i told like a handful of four or five people that knew my story and knew me were like Lindsay, you're gonna get chips don't do that and i was like no i am like for sure like i know this is a for sure thing i'm gonna get cured he's telling me it's a for sure thing i've like read all the reviews and you know yeah, it's just stupid. So then I, uh, yeah, so I sent like two grand to him. Obviously, he doesn't use my money. <laughs> I'm a bit of a mess now that I have to say this out loud. How did you find this person? I started Googling, like hardcore in the Google. Cure yourself of herpes. I probably went to 500 different websites, YouTube videos, tried all different things. And this person was just on a website. Obviously, they made people's profiles to look like they're from like north america it was like you know oh yeah i have herpes and then he cured me and it was like a doctor blah 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 from nigeria 
I was just a stupid mistake that I for sure now now know that was so dumb that I made. Yeah, I totally believed it. And like my friends and my mom were like, don't fucking do that. And I was like, no, like, trust me, just trust me on this. Like, I know I'm doing the right thing. I was desperate. Help us like not make that same mistake. Can you help us with understanding what some of the red flags were that you might have ignored? Yeah, or? so they're everywhere. If you're someone that is active, Google search type of person or on YouTube a lot, Reddit, whatever, like if you're going searching for a cure, you will see these people. Oh, and he has like a profile picture. And you think he's some like doctor in, I don't know, wherever a part of the world. And he's like, I can cure this, this, this with herbs and this and that. And yeah, so they're like everywhere. It's on YouTube. It's on Instagram. People's comments. If you saw, if you follow the right or wrong page, you might come across, you know, a comment saying, oh, I'm so-and-so and I can cure you of blah, 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 blah. So don't be one of the dumb ones like me that falls for it, you know, ship two grand through Western Union to Nigeria. <laughs> like the comments on herpes post so if you follow the hashtag herpes or any std yeah. you'll see people who have broken english commenting on things and usually it's in all caps it's like oh thank you to dr so-and-so i've been cured i have yeah. i have cure of herpes thank you praise dr whoever it is yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll so say me. contact this person at a gmail account Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm so stupid, but I thought I just fully fell for it. Honestly, I was like, yay, and I was so desperate already and super depressed. Oh, you were yeah. vulnerable. Let's say that. Let's not don't don't call yourself stupid. You were in a vulnerable space. Anyone yeah. who is experiencing a traumatic event and hasn't really been able to process it at all, like they're still in the process yeah. of it, they're vulnerable. Yeah. And that yeah. includes people who receive a herpes diagnosis. We're very receptive to anything that's going to alleviate the pain, the symptoms, the stigma. So we're open yeah. to writing that blank check for whatever it is that's going to provide us with whatever kind of relief we think we need. And come yeah. to find out, like... Maybe our contracting herpes is supposed to make us, like you said, just slow down and create some behavior changes or look at the things that are happening around us and decide yeah. how we want to move forward. But we got to understand that there are people out there who will prey on our vulnerability and try and get some money out of us. And I, and I mean, like, I lived in Nicaragua. I literally lived, like, within locals at the time I was there. I know that, you know, if you're not as well off, you will do anything you can to provide for your family. I'm not someone that is judging that at all. And I honestly, it makes me, it breaks my heart, especially because I kind of was around that for quite a while. And I understand for sure, like, why people do that. I just should have known better. But like you said, I was vulnerable. I was desperate and I was willing to do anything. Kind of going off what you just said, getting the herpes diagnosis, it sort of truly like woke me up, 100% woke me up. I was never someone that was slow mover. I was always a yes woman, do everything, try it. And I still am. And I think that that's a great thing about my personality. Like, I just don't feel like I'm scared of a ton of things. I'm willing to try everything, but that really needed to give me the maturity and wake me up and slow me down and stop being the one that goes out and is a big social drinker. I rarely drink anymore now. I don't, it doesn't hold anything for me anymore. And I really think getting herpes was one of the best things that ever happened to me, like in a super twisted way it was. And I'm grateful for it because I feel like if I hadn't have got it, I would have been on this 
train wreck just continuing yeah just being bad i guess that's something that i hear a lot from people on the podcast off the podcast is that herpes wasn't necessarily a bad thing in hindsight once you get Uh it you know you have to decide whether or not you're going to accept it and once you come to a place of acceptance, you realize, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Unfortunately, it costed you $2,000 to realize that. But it's often a lesson that comes with it for Cash us to line. reconnect with ourselves. And I think that that might be what it is that you've done. You've reconnected with yourself. There's so much that sucks about your experience. Please let me know if I'm asking any inappropriate questions or if... Uh... I'm pretty... I'm a pretty open book. You're fine. Okay, okay. So... Once you found out that that was sexual assault, that was rape, what was your response to that? Did you have any response to that? Well, like I said, the first couple of months, I kind of just told some of my friends, and I feel like I downplayed it. And I would almost say it in a way that, yeah, like, it's fucked up. But if you know me, I tend to be, like, the one that just loves making people laugh when I'm comfortable with my friends and family. Like, I'm the one that'll do anything to make people laugh. And I use self-deprecating humor or whatever it's called to just make myself be the stupid one to make other people laugh. So I feel like in a really fucked up way, I use that to tell my friends about it and just say some really, really horrible things about myself to myself to make people laugh and to take the severity off the situation and then once I told my mom about three months later we were at a restaurant I just kind of was telling her it just sort of blabbered out and I told her in the real raw uncut version where I didn't use humor or I didn't yeah and I told her exactly what happened and she was really not okay with that and really really bothered and was just like she was like Lindsay like that's not okay like this is fucked up um and the fact she was worried about the fact that i didn't understand that that wasn't as fucked up as i was saying it and i also think that's still a little bit fucked up why i was doing that and i don't know why i do that or did that and i have gone to two different counselors one of them was really great and one of them i didn't get much out of the one that was really great i couldn't financially swing it she was wonderful Uh, maybe down the road once I start making a bit more money. But I feel like what I did after I got my diagnosis was do like a huge radical change of my lifestyle and like really deepen myself spirituality, like myself spiritually and stop hanging around with people that I used to party with and stop drinking. And I meditate a lot now and I really feel like for the first time in my life, I know myself and I probably wouldn't have if that experience didn't happen. It fully, completely derailed me off my path. Hmm. And I'm super grateful for that, honestly. Did you get any sort of treatment or did you get tested for STIs afterwards? Yeah, so so I got tested for everything. I only came back as positive for herpes number two. Then I, I kind of just, um, I don't know if this is the right podcast I should be saying this on but I guess I will. Um, I didn't use any like treatments. Like I didn't go on like the pills or anything. I, like I said, I went in like a huge radical lifestyle change and I like eat only like whole foods now, fresh I juice, fruits and vegetables now. Like if I do eat cooked meal, it's going to be like a vegan and I never get outbreaks and I'm not even sugarcoating that. I haven't had them in six months. It only happens when I start eating animal products, especially dairy for me. I'm lactose as well. So the moment I eat dairy, pop, 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 popping up. Um, but as if I just like eat 
just real living foods and take care of myself, none, nothing, not a damn, not a damn thing. So that's the route that I went. And I think that's another thing that like deepened myself in like a spiritual aspect is really doing like heavy self-care, taking care of myself. And I guess it's, yeah, helped me around both ways. So. Yeah, well, I don't know why you thought this wasn't the podcast to say that at all. That was a weird thing to say. I know. <laughs> I kind of feel weird. Everyone's like, I don't know. I get, I get some judgment sometimes. Oh, no. Like, oh, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. And I, I get it. Like, people, you know, they hate on things they don't understand. I hate, I do too. But um, for me, I only talk about this for myself. I'm not ever telling someone what to do. But this is what's worked for me. And, yeah, I feel feel really good i also gained 30 pounds in 2018 after my diagnosis i've i've lost the weight <laughs> like just by eating super clean and you sharing that is very powerful it's useful because yeah. different people have different triggers and yeah. when you begin to just experience your own experiences with having herpes you can learn what those triggers are and you can manage it so that means maybe minimizing the amount of something that you consume that may be a trigger for you are you vegan or do you just eat vegan meals from time to time i'm raw vegan so i don't even really eat cooked vegan meals i just eat salads and a bunch of fruit tons of fruit i juice a lot i never thought these words would be coming out of my mouth if you knew the old Lindsay, you'd be like ha 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 yeah right yeah and i feel the best i've ever felt mentally emotionally everything i feel like working really well i still have dabbled in animal products and i do from time to time i was at a couple weddings this summer you know i'm not gonna be the extra person oh i needed this i needed that i'm just gonna eat what other people eat because I know what's going to come out of it. And the next day I'm popping up like pop, 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 couple outbreaks. So, so you don't, for me, you don't use medication to treat the outbreaks. You just go I back to, you just stick to your diet. I stick to my diet. And I also have not, I have met two people. I've only had sex with two people since my diagnosis. One of them, he actually had herpes. I met him on the positive single site. Super cool human. I really got along with him well, but it didn't feel like a long-term thing. I think we were meant to meet to really connect and talk about our situations and help each other and then move on. Like it didn't feel like it was some romantic, like I love you. It was more so I see you and I get you. That was cool. And then I met another person. We would use condoms and stuff. And I told him my story and he was as well like he was really nice and super understanding but once again it didn't really feel like that like i love you and i need to be with you it was more so i think another bit of like a stepping stone for me and him um but i also did have one other bad experience well, one other experience that was bad where i told him and he did not take it well but it was my first time i ever told someone yeah i was kind of a freak show about it <laughs> yeah it was not good he i think i scared him full blown well how'd you scare him what do you mean when you just disclosed? Yeah, I, I did. And we went on this date. We met off Bumble or whatever. And we ended up hanging out for like six hours. It was like a great date. We had so much fun. And then we were making out or whatever. And then I told him. But I told him in like a way that I was all panicked. And I, was, I just like felt like I couldn't really breathe. And like I didn't relate in the right way. And then he didn't know what to say and he just said like oh yeah you know i just got out of like a long relationship i'm not really looking for anything that one totally stung i really liked him that was the one that i feel like i really liked but i also feel like maybe if i hadn't have told him about the herpes and we hooked up or we had sex or something and then he says oh i just got out of a relationship 
and then he doesn't want anything to do with me, it would have hurt more. So in a weird way, it actually kind of cushioned me from that. Yeah, I kind of saved myself at the end of that, I guess. Yeah, yeah this is a great yeah. tool for filtering people in as well because mm-hmm. you learn what another person's knowledge is around sexual health and sexuality. You yeah. get to learn how cautious they are, how well they take care of themselves, and um, mm-hmm. how well-versed they are in this um, in, in sex period and then what their intentions are. So yeah, yeah he could have said that the way that he said it was, well, I just got out of a relationship and I'm not looking for anything serious. Like just yeah. because you have herpes, you are now that serious thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Come on. All right. Yeah. Uh, you did yeah. a complete change after your diagnosis and, I want to know what feels different about you. So it seems like you've just had this positive 180 degree complete turnaround. Um, Who has Lindsay been prior to her diagnosis and who's Lindsay now? That's a touchy subject because I still feel like I'm figuring that out and I'm around all my old family and friends and I feel like I've shed a layer and who I feel on the inside, I still express myself a little bit as who I used to be, which was the loudest person in the room, the funniest one that made everybody laugh and used herself as every joke and everything was very lighthearted and funny and crazy and would just do everything you fucking said to do. Um, and now I am like basically sober. I really drink like if I'm at like a wedding, if that, um, I eat really clean. I like do a bunch of yoga now. I meditate like crazy. I feel like I have kind of spiritually awakened and I know it's kind of a heavy word, but I'm still figuring out what exactly that means, but it's just a feeling I feel on the inside. I'm a different person, but I'm still in this transition of when I'm around my family and my friends who used to know the old me, do I step into the new me and, you know, have them try to meet me halfway or do I go back to the old Lindsay that they used to know that reverts back to being crazy and fucking drinking a lot and just loud and blah. So yeah, I'm kind of in this wiggle room right now that I'm figuring that out. Uh, I guess what I've been doing is just a lot of introspection and I don't want to sound like I'm like lonely because I'm not lonely. I feel like I'm the opposite of lonely. I feel like I know myself that I don't even need to be surrounded around people all the time or like a man or anything. And yeah, it's just been a lot of heavy introspection, especially the year of 2019 and just my lifestyle changes. And I am just very, very hopeful when it's my turn to come, a love is going to come into my life and they're going to see me for me and they're going to just love me for who I am. And they're just going to be like, yep. And then I know like it all was worth waiting for. And yeah, I am not searching for anyone. I'm not searching for yeah, I guess really anything at all. I think I'm just kind of going within myself and um, it's been a pretty raw, awesome experience. What you're experiencing right now is very similar to something that I experienced in terms of when you come to consciousness, I will say. Let's call it consciousness for the sake of people who are like, boo, spirituality. Um, Yeah. It's just when you step into the awareness of there just being more to it than you, because what I get from yourself deprecating humor is that maybe you were masking 
some sort of an insecurity. Maybe you just wanted people to want to be around you or see you in a certain way. And then you spend more time with yourself. You begin meditating and you start to connect more with the earth in the way that you eat. And you discover that there's like a whole different way of being outside of you worrying about how others received you. You had to be funny, Lindsay. So now in this limbo, because I do it, I jump back and forth sometimes between Courtney and then the Courtney that I expect others to to want to see so when I get around family like that's when I do it I kind of dumb down the Courtney when I get around old friends I dumb down the Courtney but then whenever I'm in this space and like with people who see me who know who I am that's when I feel the most energetic I'm the most charged that's when I'm most me so I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to, when you get around people who make you free to express who Lindsay is and when you're in that space where you like yourself more around the people who allow you to be you and support you and being yourself, that's where you will start to not care to be in that middle ground and just be in who you are. Yeah, I love it. No, I fully agree with exactly what you're saying. No, I'm... I'm definitely going to put more focus on doing that and notice when it, when I'm going between the limbo and just be aware of it. Okay, you're, you know, you're uncomfortable right now, so yeah. make the choice. Are you going to be this or are you going to be that? And then just really step into who I want to be. And it's all, you know, work in progress, but that's the beauty in it, I think. It is. And it's a yeah. little bit scary because you don't want to make others uncomfortable. You also don't want to put so much psychological energy into like explaining who you are especially the family so I mean I I even limit the time that I spend around family like I had to tell my grandpa the other day uh, we were talking on the phone and he calls and we it's always small talk for the most part Um, and then when we got to a place where he was like yeah did you know that we used to have we were talking about sports he's like yeah we used to have a sporting event off and a a sports team and it was in this place at this location you know what i'm talking about i used to be like yeah 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 and this time i was like ah courtney don't lie i was like no i have no idea what you're talking about and it felt (laughs) so good like it went off into a great a conversation he was like well why how come you don't know that what you mean you don't know that ain't you from st louis and that's what i want normally have avoided but it felt so good for me to just be honest and say, I don't know. <laughs> little things like, like that to me is, it's a little victory. It's a little victory. Speaking your truth. And I feel like that was a big thing that I had the impulse to just come on here and speak my truth instead of suppressing it and hiding it and feeling like, yes, you know, you've been through this being stuck in that limbo of shedding layers, but it's like, I want to be more uh, proactive and speaking my truth and being more myself. And I think in doing this is definitely going to give me that and has given me that up until this point. So yeah, totally. I fully agree. It's just, yeah, being yourself and, yeah, making a choice to be yourself. Yeah. Continuing and being, you know, 100% raw. When you say raw, because you're in Canada, right? I don't know. Is that a Canadian slang term? <laughs> like raw, like like vulnerable. Like just being real. Oh, okay. 
Because uh, I remember being a kid, we would call it something Raw because it was cool. And then, like, oh. wrestling was uh, WWE Raw or something. So it was kind of <laughs> like, it was like that. It was, like, exciting. And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. That didn't really go here. Live exciting yeah. or live vulnerable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I wanted yeah. to clear that up. Real. Being real. <laughs> Lindsay, do you have anything that you want to leave the listeners with? I think that your $2,000 lesson was enough in itself. Mm, yeah i guess like if i could leave with anything um you know like the initial shock of getting the herpes diagnosis stings pretty bad like literally and you know exactly how it is but um i think if you can go within and use it as a big learning lesson and um whether that's through dating or through like your own personal growth or anything really just um try to make the most of it and um yeah, it'll it'll give you exactly what you need. I really, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. It does, every time. So, yeah, that's all I have to kind of end that with. Perfect. And was there anything else you wanted to say? I didn't know if uh, we brought everything full circle. If there was more no. you wanted to get out there. No, I feel I feel good. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Lindsay. I appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. I'm sorry if it was like a little TMI, but. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. As you listen through these episodes, you're going to be like, oh my God. But I will say that that might have been the most like visually <laughs> painted. Oh, I'm picture. so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll make sure to put a warning up for everybody just in case. I'm sorry, people listening. But no, it was really, really good experience. Thank you so much. And thank you for, like, um, spending your time doing this because I do think it helps other people, but it also helps yourself. So that's awesome. Oh, I feel so connected through this. Like, I've mentioned yep. it before. Like, I feel more connected not only to other people, but to myself as well. Like, through yep. this, the goodness, the... I'm, I'm seeing so many people like we're at a hundred and something episodes now and that's about how many people I've met who have had the intention of making the world a better place just even through sharing their story and they're resonating with one person and yeah. some people have been inspired to get involved with advocacy and sharing information about herpes and even at its greater depth even sex education information because I think that that's really where the issue is it's just a yeah. lack of the right kind of information in the places with people who need it the most and aren't really given access to it. So this is helpful. It's helpful having this resource out here. It's helpful to have these stories. And all I'm doing is really just having a conversation with someone and we're exchanging and expanding on our perspectives in yeah. front of an audience for people to have their own expanse, expanded perspectives, their own perspectives expanded. Too many big yeah. words. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I think that's wonderful. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for letting me get out of my comfort zone because I was nervous. But, oh, yeah, it was good. you did great. You did so good. well. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. All right. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share this podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen on. You can find me at spfpp.org, the acronym for Something Positive for Positive People. If you want to connect with me, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, or even if you just want to share your experience it's very therapeutic to be able to just have a conversation especially for the sake of helping heal someone else 
or you can just type your story up and I can read it if uh, you consent to that. Um, but I'm always looking for guests. I'm looking for guests who have their experience with any uh, STIs that are incurable or if they have an STI that or a story actually about an STI that is curable, whatever the case may be. That is what this space is for. This space is for these stories. This space is an intentionally inclusive hub of sex positive resources. And these stories have way more power than you can imagine. Um, even just listening to Lindsay's experience and talking about just being able to have found it the way that she found it. And now here we are with more great content for someone to be able to take away from and possibly compare their own experiences to. So with that all said... Do not give your money to any of these people who are saying that they can cure herpes. As of right now, 2019, we're at the end, middle of October. There is no cure for herpes. So the best thing we can do right now is educate ourselves, inform ourselves, seek support, seek a community. And we can begin to just empower ourselves to advocate for ourselves and understand and be able to take care of our bodies and manage the outbreaks. All right. Till next time. Stay sex positive.